Hello, and thanks for listening to Unlocking the Cage, your Nicolas Cage review podcast. I'm Chris Madden. How you doing? This is just a quick reminder before the show that we are no longer broadcasting these live on Twitch. I know. But you can still send in your comments at managerscomedy at gmail.com via email. Or you can find us on Instagram at managerscomedy. Anyway, thanks again for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or on a criminal plane or a historical chase, we love Nick in this cage. Star of screen and stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage. Cause we're unlocking the cage. Hello, it's Unlocking the Cage, and we are back with, I think, our third week in the row of episodes. Uh, probably, that- yeah. It's pretty incredible. So good for us. Three, three weeks in a row, all of them in costume. Every single time since we've gone straight uh, podcast, I am dressed, of course, as Nicolas Cage with my bow and arrow and Meg. Uh, Meg is dressed as uh, as uh, the daughter, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate you can't see the lower half of my body because I'm really nailing the costume. You really did good at that. <laughs> And, and Kaola is going to tell us what his costume is when he comes out. Man, I really wish we still had visual, you know, yeah, you elements. guys are really missing out. You're missing out three weeks in a row. Um, so yeah, so if you are new joining us, uh, we are a podcast purpose bar show us to watch and rank every single one of Nicolas Cage's 100 plus movies. We release episodes on Tuesdays every now and then. I think we're going to take a few weeks off after this due to some travel plans. Yeah. Um, but you know, subscribe and then you'll get little pop ups when we have a new episode. Um, and we have old episodes on YouTube as well from our uh, visual days. If you want to see uh, what we looked like and this pretty cool, uh, colorful interface that Chris put together for us, that <laughs> we're no longer using. Um, and yeah, so today's movie is The Weatherman, and we're obviously we always have a guest, uh, and today is no exception to the guest rule. Uh, please welcome director Kayla Rosella. Hello. 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 Hey, Kayla. Hello. How's it going, guys? So, yeah, tell us about your costume for this movie. I'm dressed as the bow and arrow. Ah, that's it's, pretty uh, good. It's yeah. pretty, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, evocative, you know, how he's able to contort his body into the shape of the bow and arrow. It's yeah, like a, I feel like, like, yeah, I had the feathers, so you might as well just, you know, go with it. I really, yeah. I really, like, if you had told me conceptually that you were going to paint your penis and ha- use that as the arrow, I would have been upset. <laughs> But seeing the execution, not upset. 10 out of 10. I thought it was a risk, but, you know, since you said it was not a video medium anymore, I was like, let's just do it. It's just for, for your eyes only, guys. Well, fortune favors the bold. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Welcome to our show. This is a totally normal, not weird show. Thank you for coming. Nobody dressed as Michael Caine. No. Um, no. So, Kayla, tell me about why you picked this movie. Uh out of all of the movies that we had, because I do think you picked this relatively early on, so there were there were other options, but this is the one that called to you. So tell me yeah, about this, that. This is not my favorite Nicolas Cage movie, but it is one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies. And it's a not, I feel like it's a highly underappreciated film and I feel like not many people have seen it. Mm. So I try to bring it up with people and very few people have seen it. I think it's a really hilarious movie. 
I feel like more people should uh, should appreciate it. I, I think it's it's we do occasionally get people who have like their passion project Nicolas Cage movies that are like this is the one that I like like I remember when we did Matchstick Men episode the person we had for that was just like I keep telling people you got to see Matchstick Men and no one no one's heard of Matchstick Men. Um, so, uh, so Ridley Scott Ridley Scott directed that movie too. Yeah, yeah. and I liked it better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> So we're uh, gonna find out why not a lot of people have seen or we'll talk about this film. <laughs> so um where so then all right, then tell me a little bit about your background with Nicolas Cage. Like what are you uh have you seen? I mean, I know, you know, as a film person you've probably seen a lot more movies than our average guest, but like have you seen a ton of them? What which one what which one is your favorite if you had to pick? Um, I mean, I think that one of my all-time favorite movies is a kind of movie that I grew up watching over and over again. For reasons I do not know, I think it was just a VHS tape that my family had. And so of the kind of like five movies, this one had Nicolas Cage in it. But it turns out to be, I think, a really great movie. And that's the movie Moonstruck. Oh, yeah. Which he's, yeah. Not, the, he's not the star of that film, per se. I mean, obviously, it's Cher. Um, but it's I think his performance is incredible in that film. And um, and yeah, it, he I just burning into my brain everyone yeah, i mean that that is one of our top rated it's the number two movies. i think right now yeah i think adaptation edged it out which i don't know if i would necessarily agree with yeah as you'll see later on our our rubric we painted ourselves in a corner about our rubric so it's like <laughs> i just say <laughs> we got I weird to results. the adaptation episode in preparation for coming to this and it didn't feel like you guys loved that movie even though i would say that's maybe one of it like it may be his best role yeah i think it was our number it, one but no. you guys did not you guys did not seem psyched about it so i, I am a little bit surprised <laughs> that it's your number top break well i think I it was watched, yeah i think it was like i think it, it was very complimentary but we just didn't have maybe big reactions to what we were seeing just because it was it's a good movie i don't know that I, yeah. I definitely liked it though. I loved it. That was great. And it could have been, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the data right now uh, because I forgot to update it for this episode. It could have been a case of when we had very enthusiastic guests, which uh, yeah. often. Uh, Your guest really did love that, that, uh, that film. Oh yeah, there it is. That's what it'd be it. I, I wish we had had uh, Dave Rabinowitz on the adaptation episode because that would have just been perfect. But instead, That's true. what do we have him on? I forget. Was it Raising Arizona? Yeah. Which uh, also yeah. is a very good movie. Oh, also a very good great movie. movie. Yeah. Um, so speaking of great movies, we got to yes. talk about this movie starring the cast of a lifetime. <laughs> you got Michael Caine. You got Nick Cage. You got uh, who else is in this movie? <laughs> the kid Nicholas Holt from About a Boy. Yep. You got that guy. And many other films. There's a lot of great actors in this film. Uh, it's a great it's a, it's a fine film. Uh <laughs> It's Chris, also, thank you for stall, stalling for stalling. time as I as I update the spreadsheet that I was supposed to update also, before. Also, are you guys trying to dig for the what the cast of this movie is? This, no, so no, 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 no. I no, have a story about this movie that so I, I went to go see right, this I'm in good. theaters one night. Thank you, Chris. I thank was you. I was um I went to go see this in theaters because I had I was in grad school and I had, you know, it was at a Halloween party. And I was just like Gambit and I had gotten drunk and fallen asleep at someone's house. And the next day they were like, Hey, we're going to go see a movie. Do you want to come? And I'm like, I don't have regular clothes. So I went to this movie dressed as Gambit. And well, what's Gambit? Can I, can I stop you here? What is Gambit's outfit? I know he wears a trench coat. Yes. Uh, like he has a, an accent. Yes. He has a weird, I only know him from the cartoon because I don't know the comic books very well, but he wears a weird kind of like facey mask hoodie thing. Is that, 
Were you it's wearing like that? A, I did like the a... full on X Men the cartoon series game, but I had this pink. Feels like thing. that's easily removed, and you could. Uh, oh yeah, I took that off, and I took this like I had okay. this pink like neck thing on. I took that off, and I took the. So really, what it looked like was a, a jumpsuit with like pink lines all over it, and the boots were like painted blue. And I took and all the rest trench off. Trench coat. I didn't wear the trench coat to the movies because oh, it was not that kind of weather. and So I just mm. looked like a weirdo in a weird sweatsuit. But I went to go see it. And I remember this movie because it's one of the only portrayals of pancake ice you can see in popular media. <laughs> that's is, what that's called at the beginning? Yes, it's frozen seawater does that thing where there's waves. It call, they call it pancake ice. That's so cool. I was, yeah, I often, as I watch this movie every three weeks, I was like, every time, <laughs> every time I watch it, I'm like, this is such interesting ice. What is this? What is this? What is this formation? They never speak of it. But I'm glad. Listen, I'm already glad I'm on this show. So I, I learned something. You learned. You learned a fact. I really saw that for opening shot Pancake and thought, ice. oh yeah, someone's going in the ice in this movie. You know what I mean? Like they're showing that that's going to be the last scene, and someone's going to be under that ice, dead. That's what I thought. But you know the genre of the movie. Going in? <laughs> 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 that may have changed. Yeah. That that's not the direction it was going. Uh. <laughs> It's it's interesting because so Chris Chris went into this movie having seen it I had never seen it um, mm. and he I, I would not say that Chris sold me on it in advance I think you were mostly just like this is gonna be a slog this is gonna be a slog <laughs> and I I thought it was a slog I really <laughs> thought it was a slog I just that can I just, go two ways if you can be like I'm setting the ball really low I'm gonna say it's a slog and if someone can be like oh it wasn't that bad. But then you could also be like, this is a slog, and then someone has it in their mind that it is a slog, and it becomes it's, a slog. It's interesting to reread my notes and reread, like reread, because so, so we watched this about a month ago, and then yeah. um, we had to put off this episode for uh, various reasons. And then truly, I hated this movie and didn't want to watch it again. <laughs> so this is we're, we're going on, we're going on a month old information. But <laughs> re rereading my notes, I'm just like, oh yeah, that part was funny. Oh yeah, that part was funny. But like, well, like like there were definitely some funny bits to this movie, and certainly not bad acting. But like while I was watching it, I spent most of it just curled up in a ball, uh, cringing well, and just like this movie. Like, <laughs> did you? Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna ask. Did you write down the things that you disliked about it? Um. Uh, yeah, I think I mostly just wrote down um plot points <laughs> just to try to remember what was happening, but I'm sure I have some contemporaneous text messages that I <laughs> <read>. <laughs> but th this, this movie though it, it reads like when you watch it a series of like curb your enthusiasm vignettes back to back, you know what I mean? He just keeps yes. doing these fucking cringy ass things and getting himself in because he's like, he's not a bad guy, but he's just kind of similar to, to Larry David, just kind of like doing like little stupid ass things all the time. It's 100% that kind of humor. And I definitely have friends who are like, I cannot watch a single episode of Kirby Enthusiasm yeah. because it's so cringy and so like hard to watch. Okay, so my contemporaneous text messages are a lot funnier than I thought they were. And these are all um, great. these are like Brendan and you chatting during the yeah, movie. Yeah, so I was texting okay. with Brendan, who's Kayla's roommate, um, at the same time, and I said, "Kayla's movie is a painfully awkward watch." He gives he's, he he smiles back with like a face, <laughs> and I said, "Everything is so awkward, sad, sack central." I literally had no idea this movie existed or anything about it. And he said, wait, you didn't know about Porno, which is the movie that Kayla directed. And 
minute. Wait a minute. He thought you were talking about my film. Uh, yeah, when I when I was just shitting all over. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. He never reveals more about Brendan. Oh god. No, no, no. I mean, he just his only reaction it was like a face, and I think that was like a like a. I, that's weird that you're saying this to me. <laughs> Don't put me in this position, Meg. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for, for the record, I have not seen Kayola's movie. I was planning on watching it before this episode, and then and I forgot. Everyone, watch Kayola's film <laughs> Porno. It actually looks. Yeah, real. I seen the preview. Google. Yeah, <laughs> just Google Porno. <laughs> yeah, comes right up. But I've seen, I've seen the the trailer for it. I would watch that film. It looks really fun. Nice. We should watch it together, Meg. You guys want to take a take a two hour break and come back watch, to them? <laughs> watch Porno come back. Let's do it. And there's a misunderstanding, and then I watch porno, and you guys watch porno, and then we're all laughing about it. Anyway, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the goddamn movie. So, so yeah, so yeah, Michael Caine faking an American accent, doing <laughs> not yes. his best. All right, so tell me, all right, so, so just let let's let's uh let's give a quick quick background about this movie. It's from 2005. Uh, it was directed by Gore Verbinski, who um, you uh, you as a listener may know from The Ring, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Rango. Uh, written by Steve Conrad, who uh, did The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I mean, any any big credits here, Kayla, that I'm forgetting your favorite from these these dudes? Um, I mean, I think you know I, we all know that Gore Verbinski also directed the Lone Ranger film adaptation, which I also think is highly underrated despite <laughs> some questionable racial uh, portrayal <laughs> by uh, one now infamous Johnny Depp. Um, but I think that's a highly underrated adventure movie. I What I kind of like, I'd like to think about this movie as Gore Verbinski's The Conversation. Do you guys know about the movie The Conversation? Mm-mm. So Francis Ford Coppola directed The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two, both of which won Best Picture. But in between that, he directed a movie called The Conversation, which is a kind of like quiet character study starring Gene Hackman, which is maybe his best film. Um, and the, Gore Verbinski did the same between the two masterpieces, Pirates of the Caribbean 1 and Pirates of the Caribbean 2, did this quiet character study movie, uh, The Weatherman. And so I kind of like think of them as, as kind of like analogs. That makes sense. And uh, in the career of Nicolas Cage, this falls right between, I would say this is uh, the third entry in the, uh, what's what's the word for um, four movies? Trilogy, quadrilogy? Yeah. Let's go with this quadrilogy. The third entry in the uh, man slash men quadrilogy, which is the family men, matchstick men, the weather man, and wicker man. <laughs> And I do feel like it's very similar vibe to the Family Man and Matchstick Men. If oh yeah. You've re- if you've watched any of those, um, absolutely. So yeah, uh, just like the the premise of this movie. If someone has not seen it, uh, he's a weatherman uh, who everybody basically hates him, and he's kind of a sad sack. Is that is he's he's got a strange wife. He's got kids that don't really like him. He's constantly trying to get his dad, played by Michael Caine, to approve of him. Um, and, uh, that's pretty much most of the movie. And he learns uh, how to shoot a bow and arrow. He does learn how to shoot a bow and arrow at the end. Um, he does get a better job later on. So I thought just a better, just a better weather job, better weather job. Yep. I he thought, just upgrades his weather job. If he's like looking, if you look at this poster, it says the weatherman and you see Nick Cage on it with a bow and arrow. I mean, doesn't your mind just go to like, Oh, this is a superhero movie or like a vigilante justice film. You know what I mean? 
Well, there's yes, a few the, posters, yeah. The poster I'm looking at right now is the weather, it says the weatherman, Nicolas Cage, and he's got a shake, or I think in the films referred to as a frosty, a frosty. kind of like <laughs> coming down. He's got a frosty. jacket with a, with a spoon, like stuck to his jacket. Can we talk about the massive amount of product placement in this film? Yeah, they went on, there was a, very, like a lot of um, fast food themed with like very specific fast food items. Do you think they got yeah. paid for those or do you think they just, it was a choice? D- who gets paid? Do you think do like you think that- they placed those products in there and then they got like, a, you know, a little, a little kickback for doing that? Or do you think they were like, the writer was just, oh, I just want to name a bunch of fast food things. Because he does specifically name like actual products at actual places. I don't know. I don't know how the financials of that work. But it is funny that he is specific about them. <laughs> yeah, like the and, and and all the moments where he gets uh, hit with the uh, with food is are fantastic. Oh yeah, the the food montage where he's getting smacked with food was really funny. Yeah, there. Uh, I I feel like in two thousand five, I'm not sure, but I feel like if this movie was made today, it would absolutely all be product placement. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know. But yeah, so uh, I guess uh, I like I'm not even this is not a super like plotty movie. So I feel like sometimes we kind of like organize our thoughts via plot. And this, I think, is sort of like just like a bunch of stuff happens and everyone pretty much ends up in the same place as they were before. Uh, Michael Caine goes from being alive to dead. So there's that. That's not the same place at all. I mean, that's one big change. I mean, might as well be these days with COVID and everything, right, guys? I'm just going to open the door of my depression. Anyway, let's make this all about me. Guys, I'm in some dark times now. But so, so Michael Caine dies. Uh, do you like? Let's talk about like the different characters. Like, how do they change? So, obviously, Michael Caine goes from being alive to being dead, but also like he does seem like he accepts his son. Yeah. By the end, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that movie is a kind of like it's about this guy who lives, as he says in the film, a very easy life. Right. He has a very carefree life. Um, and he's having a kind of an existential crisis about that because his father is a person of great note who is a, a, a famous American author who we see that he's met presidents and won all these right. huge awards. He's highly regarded. And he's just a weatherman that, um, you know, people harass at the DMV or just throw shit at because he is who he, he is. And so he's kind of having this existential crisis. And I think that, you know, he gets a better job in the end, but it's it's kind of like that's beside the point. It's more about him, you know, becoming a better person and connecting with his father and becoming like okay with who he is and and kind of like taking responsibility for his life. I think we see a lot of situations, especially in all the flashbacks. I'm thinking about the tartar sauce. Yeah, um, that's a good sequence. One of the great sequences of the film. Um, where he's like just a complete shithead, you know what I mean? And so he's like a he's like a complete shithead, and people treat him like trash. And he's like, I'm trash, but my life is easy, and that's fine. And I pay, he's like, I get paid a lot of money to do two hours of work. I have a a, a name that people hate. I say catchphrases that people hate, and uh, he basically has no self respect. And his father, who is this great revered man is like so there's this whole sequence where he talks about his life is easy and his father says to him i wrote down he says nothing that has any meaning is easy basically saying like your life is easy and your life has no meaning <laughs> and so it's about uh nicholas cage's character kind of like grappling with his life and doing the harder thing which is to take responsibility for his family 
and like how he's let down his wife and his kids, you know, and, and connecting with his father and then, you know, um, becoming a, a better person. He does the harder thing, which is to, you know, um, take responsibility. And so in that way, I think it's, it's a, like, a, like a, a really great character arc for Nicolas Cage's character and where he ends up is this amazing place. Um, I mean, it's just like the, the final line of the film, I just watched it again. He says um, he's in this parade at the very end and he's like talking about his American accomplishment is what his dad calls. Yeah. Uh, what what his uh, his place, uh, Nicolas Cage's place in life is, is an American accomplishment, which is to get paid a lot of money to do basically nothing. Right. And to be kind of famous. Uh, and he's like in this parade full of like just tons of different kinds of people. And, and Nicolas Cage says, that's where I live. Behind Fire Brigade 47, but in front of SpongeBob. And so he's just like, I this I know my place in this like grand scheme of things. And it's I think a really like touching kind of like, it's like uh, you know, it's like a touching, very personal, very like specific thing. I think that like the study of a weatherman, I think that you look at a weatherman, they all have like really dumb names and they are all like this mm-hmm. uh character, and you're like, I hate this guy, they all have fake tans and fake hair, and you know what I mean? They have all these dumb names or whatever. And it's just like, what is, you know, this question, the movie this question asks is like, what is this guy's life actually like? And, and you know, it's trash. Like this guy, <laughs> this guy hates his life. You know, he has a very easy life, but he hates himself because like, you know, everything comes super easy to him. Um, and I, so I think in that way, like you, you feel like a big tectonic shift in this, in this character's life. And I think it's a really compelling story. And I think that Nicolas Cage, because he does an amazing job. Like they're like the range of Nicolas Cage movies, like is I think is just one of the great American actors. I mean, I think that's like an obvious thing to say, but like, you know, the the way he kind of like underplays everything is I think in wrestling it's called no selling. He like no sells the entire performance. You know what I mean? Is so great and is so like understated. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. I think it's wonderful. So I wanna you said that he takes responsibility for his family, and I'm just like trying to remember what that I mean, the only thing Thing I can really remember is he beats up his son's teacher, right? His son's guidance counselor, which is like a little bit of a questionable way of like, I feel like he doesn't, he, he's not on good terms with his ex-wife by the end of it, right? Does, does no, am, I, he am I forgetting anything, something here? It's he better. is. I mean, the, the thing is like, he kind of like lets go, right? So like in the film, his, he at one point is just like, we should rekindle this like let's go to counseling and right. he completely fucks it up you know in a really like obvious in a horrible way um it's this really funny sequence where they have to write down a secret about about the other person that therapist give that give that person the secret and then the the goal is to never look at it and what would what therapist would ever trust. invent that exercise like that that exercise does not exist you know what i mean like no totally and so of course he immediately looks at it breaks the trust and you know, at the end, he's just like, listen, you know, is my life great? No, there's another man who is with my family, but I accept it. Right. And so he's become a healthy part of their life instead of like what he is, is in in the beginning is a destructive force. Right. He's he's negligent. Right. In that he it's like his daughter smokes. She's called camel toe like his his son like has some sort of like drug problem and his you know um this his guidance counselor is like taking uh oh, that guy was you know sem- semi-nude pictures of him and stuff and so it's about him kind of like you know connecting with his daughter in a healthy way connecting with his son in a healthy way he does it by beating up the child molester guy which is uh you know i would say a crime but also <laughs> like you know what i mean like 
is that in legal? movie no, logic but, it's like michael kane but, 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 but it's like it's kind of like movie justice right and it's like he's if that kind of stuff is happening because he's not paying attention to what's happening in their lives and the thing that is the the you know the part where he reconnects with his dad is uh you know in the car at the very end where his dad says there's always looking after which means like you need to look after your family and I am looking after you, which mm-hmm. is like it, this, this kind of like great moment. Cause it's <laughs> in the, throughout the movie that uh, Michael Caine's character is just flabbergasted with his stupid son who just cannot buy him a newspaper who cannot like, you know, like he just fails at the simplest tasks because he just doesn't think about things. Right. Right. And so then they connect, you know, he's never, he, so Nicholas Cage tries to be a writer. He writes a terrible spy novel. I don't know if you remember it. Oh yeah. Oh, I did. I actually tried to find <laughs> if there was a like a, a text version of it somewhere online that we could read from. So, so he like tries to get his dad to read it. The dad is just like, listen, you know, I just writing is just something I do, and like you don't you don't have to be a writer. But they connect uh, on the level of like being parents, right? They're both fathers. And he's just like, you can just be a good father, right? And so I, you know, if I think they, you know, they connect in, in that way. And it, it, it's, I, I think, very moving. I loved how, uh, like, Michael, well, they get, they kept giving Michael Caine these uh, lines to do that were a lot of swearing and a lot of, like, confused swearing. And he's like, dildo, suck, what all the fucking and sucking. Like, it was just, that was great. I, I, I know what you're saying with, like, that line at the end where he's like, oh, you know, this all looked at, I just kind of looked at that, and when I watched it, the way it landed for me was like, man, they're really trying to make a moment happen here, but I just was not sold on their relationship the whole movie. You know, it was just always kind of like, for me, it always felt like I'm watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, the emotional stakes are low here because he's just this dopey guy. You know, you're just going to see him fail yeah. over and over again. So that's why I, like I mean, that, I think yeah. that the the way the reason that works for me is um, because you're right. I think that like Michael Caine's character is completely withholding through the whole movie, almost to the point where you're like, "This is this guy a good?" Because he Nicholas Cage described him as like he was like a really good father. Yeah, you're kind of like, really was he this cold when you were growing up? Because he that seems like not a great father right. to have, like someone who's like not who's like withholding and is, you know, not, he doesn't seem to be very understanding or whatever. Right. And he obviously has a great relationship yeah. with the wife's new uh, fiance. You know, they yeah, see each yeah. other all the time. <laughs> no, totally. And it, I think that like, I think what's great is he, he like, I think he picks up, he picks up Nicholas Cage at the end or whatever. Um, and he's playing this song. Like, like, a, like rock. a rock. Like a rock. Right. Which, you know, in the film, uh, Nicolas Cage is going to give this speech at his father's living funeral, right? And, and he only gets out. out. What's that? And the power goes out, right? <laughs> yeah. And the, the power goes out. And so the only line he gets out is, whenever I think of my father, uh, David Spritzel, I think of the, the song Like a Rock. And then the power goes out and that's all anybody hears of it. And then... Um, the power comes back on and they completely forget, forgot that he was giving a speech and they just, everybody moves on. And so he yeah. doesn't even get to like give a tribute to his father while, where all these people are giving like these very like kind of like touching tributes to his father, who was this great man. And so you're kind of like, oh man, that, that sucks. And you feel like this guy only looks down on his son. And at the very end, he's, he's playing the song. And he's like, I've been listening to this song. I don't understand why this makes you think of me. And it's, it's, it's to me, it's kind of great. Cause it's like, he was listening 
at that moment. And he's just like, my son is trying to tell me something and I'm going to try and understand what that is. And I don't understand it because he might be dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because my son might be stupid, but I'm going to give him the opportunity, I'm going to give him the opportunity to like try and explain, you know, what this means. And also like, so he can have the moment, you know, it's like a, have that moment of connection that, you know, I think, Nicholas Cage's character is trying to have at the at the at the living wake or whatever. I think that yes, these things happen, and I think it's just in proportion to the rest of the movie. It's it's like a very to me, it just felt like it's a very little part of the movie that it's like oh, and then at the end we have these little growth moments, right? When like so much of the movie is just like this guy being a dumbass and everyone hating him, and like it's just like that's ninety five percent of the movie, and then at the end it's like okay, some people have started to be nice to him. He started to care a little bit but, so i think i might have enjoyed this movie more if the proportions were different in terms of the growth well, moments I mean, versus the yeah i mean it all over his character he, he tries to i think connect first with his daughter yeah they go um, shopping in new york right yeah but i think that's that's towards the end where he starts to do better like oh, first yeah. he tries to he tries to rekindle her interest in um the three-legged uh, race a, no shooting yeah <laughs> shooting a bow and arrow uh, she, it turns out that she just wants to hunt animals and not, she doesn't care about target shooting. She only wants to kill animals. And he's like, I don't want to do that. She's a little weirdo too, huh? No, she's a complete weirdo, right? <laughs> and so, and so <clears throat> he tries to take her to the three-legged race. He, <laughs> she, where she, she like completely tears her ACL. He said ACL and, and MCL. And MCL <laughs> it was like tore her. She'll never walk like, again. <laughs> she's like 11, right? And so he just completely destroys his daughter's leg. And so he's like, you know, throughout the thing, he's trying, right? He's trying, he's trying and failing, right? He's trying to be the good son to take his dad to, uh, you know, his uh, uh, doctor's appointments, right? And be attentive to his father. And yet he cannot, you know, have a quarter to buy his father a newspaper because he buys a coffee and then you know he just can't get the correct change and so he's trying and failing and so the the film is you know these steps towards trying to be a better person him trying to figure out what that means um but he's always failing so it feels like he's just always been a failure and is continuing to fail but he you know he starts to get there like when he goes and takes his daughter to get new clothes so she's no longer called camel toe right that's good right and you have like oh Something good happens. She loves the clothes. And he's like, let's go show Pop Pop and let's go show mom or whatever. And then it turns out that, uh, you know, this stuff happens with his son. So then there's another setback. Um, and so I, I feel like there are like moments of growth. He tries to reconnect with his wife and then he fucks it up, right? Like, um, and so you're watching a guy who is like, lived his life as a fuck up, try and fail, try and fail. And then he, you know, he slowly gets there. He doesn't like have a fairy tale ending, yeah. but he, but he, he gets a kind of like self-awareness at the end of where he, of who he is and where he is and like what, what he can be to his family. So maybe, maybe, maybe one thing is like sort of, I think we haven't really talked about this explicitly, like how much we like cringe as a genre. <laughs> Like like when I was talking to Brendan about this movie, he was I was like, oh, it's so cringy, and he's like, yeah, Kale loves cringe. So I do. I really, I really, and, I really do. Yeah. And I think that I, I consider myself someone who can tolerate it. Like a little, like Chris is like very, uh, very low struggle. tolerance. Yeah, very low. Like it, like like so uh, there's been a lot me. of uh, improv shows. So so that we've been to where like they're going really poorly, and Chris will sit next to me, and he'll sort of like 
clutched me and like bury his head in like my I shoulder. I literally and cringe. I, like my, my like, physical reaction that's is un- cringe. That's, that's un- and, and I'm like, I'm like, Chris, people can see you. You can't do this. I know. It's just, I know. It happens. That's, I think it's unintentional cringe. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like. It's the difference between intentional a, cringe and unintentional yeah. cringe. It's a genre that I think is the most true to life. And you're just like, it's like uh, life is full of horror, right? You're always fucking up and doing horrific things and making mistakes. And like, you know, if you can't like look back at those things and be like, man, what a like, like what a cosmic joke life is, right? Like that's, I think that's how you get through those things. And it feels like this is definitely a, a genre where you're just like, a genre where it's just like everything is so horrible it's like hilarious right yeah yeah um I, but some but some but it could be hard to get past the horrible part <laughs> but i mean there's some like like do you like chris are there any like cringy tv shows that you like i do enjoy curb your enthusiasm every once in a while i do like that show it's fun and you probably like the office when it was on yeah yeah some some moments you think with the michael. office is cringe sometimes some things that michael would do we were like oh man oh yeah yeah well, I, I mean maybe handle- it's low they're level big, yeah they're big that's that's cringe i can't handle man on the street comedy that just makes me like just so, in general like the thing like the things where they go out and they're like like pretending like fool people on the street doing things like that like i just can't handle like seeing someone else be like put themselves in that really embarrassing position oh my god i think that's different but that's one thing that makes me you know uh but yeah you know, this movie i think think with this movie i did like all these moments what this movie was was weird and it differed from a lot of other movies is you're talking about how the characters change and like at the end he still is a dumbass like he's not any less of a dumbass he's still a dumbass he's just like you know he stepped up he's just a little right bit. he's just right one step ahead of an inflatable spongebob that's where yeah. he's just like yeah I'm, yeah he's like his perspective on it changed he stopped caring as much he's yeah. like you know what yeah i'm a dumbass but i could do i could send some money back to my family i'll have a good time in new york i gotta stop beating myself up basically is where he landed <laughs> i don't think it's i don't think it's like i'm just gonna send money to my family i'm gonna stop beating myself up well he's like i think it's a kind of self-awareness there's a, a more of a self-awareness there yeah he's also like being much better with his kids and yeah there's right. all that there is some growth there you're right it's not all and letting go you know letting go of his, the relationship with his wife so she can be happy and all of that yeah yeah uh. i i'm trying to think of like any notable move, moments from this movie that uh that i uh well, th- there's what there's one there's one moment that i think uh really uh killed me which is when they showed a montage of like close-ups of actual camel toe in real world Oof. <laughs> uh just there's a lot of discussion about camel toe in this movie uh specifically focused around an 11 year old girl like i think that's a weird choice the movie you hear michael Caine say camel toe repeatedly in <laughs> <laughs> like it's so it's so great because he, he's just like when he tries to broach the subject with his daughter because it's his father who tells him that his daughter is being called camel toe at school yeah. and that she has a problem because kids are making fun of her. He tries to, you know, brush the subject with his daughter. He's like, you know, do you have any, do you have any nicknames at school? Like, uh, I don't know. He's just like speedy or camel toe or whatever. Like, yeah, camel toe. Yeah, camel toe. He's like, why do you think people call you that? She's like, because I'm, I'm tough. And, you know, like camels walk through the desert and they have like, they have tough, they have tough feet. <laughs> it's so great it's 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 so great because it's completely played off it's like it's it's uh yeah it's but, really funny but think of the relationship that michael Caine must have had with the daughter if she's like disclosing these things to him or what maybe it was through the what the, the mother i don't know yeah but like 
he it must feels be- like the mother would have addressed it. It's like, I, I imagine it's like, you know, the, the grandfather's picking up the kid up from school and kids are calling her camel toe or whatever. Ah, and he's obser- it feels like he's observing it or whatever. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. Because it feels like the mom would have done something about it. Um, Cause she seems to be a very like attentive and, and, and good. Do you, do you guys remember the context of this note? I vaguely remember. Uh, BJ's lacked enthusiasm. Yes, <laughs> I do actually. That was his secret from the therapy thing. That was a uh, that it was when his... in one of the one of the great cringe moments where she like explains why, and the daughter like walks out, and she's like being ex- incredibly graphic about it. It's like so horrible. She's so, so she's hilarious. like just dressing him down and telling him like everything that was miserable about their relationship, specifically yeah. their sex life, and then the daughter comes out. So she's just like, I hate you. I hate your face. I hate your arms. I hate everything about you. Oh and God. that's why, you know, I was less than enthusiastic when your cock was in my mouth. And then the daughter walks out when she says that. It's just so horrible. And but also like, I don't know. I feel like relatable <laughs> who among yeah. us hasn't had that conversation unenthusiastic no, I, just, I just mean like i'm just thinking about like my own parents fighting and hearing things that oh yeah. even though i didn't understand them i was like i shouldn't be hearing what i'm hearing right now you know <laughs> just and just being like horrified and confused about that um i thought you were like who hasn't had the unenthusiastic bj fight haven't we all no, that's not what I'm, that's not, i'm just talking about you know the general kind of like awkwardness of that Uh, another i'm just looking at back of my notes another really awkward moment is uh at the dad's living wake uh he's outside with his like archery equipment and he just points the arrow at the new husband at his his ex-wife's new um fiance or whatever i mean and like they all just sort of stare at him and he's just there with like this arrow pointing at them it's really a very very weird scene that like no one acknowledges well, I think that was like, that was not supposed think, to be I cringy. Think, I think the husband, yeah, acknowledges like, dude, are you going to shoot me the arrow? You know what I mean? And he snaps out of it. I think he's just kind of like I think having like, a fantasy moment where he's just like, I could shoot this. I could fucking shoot this guy. I'm so mad at him. These people you know? need a restraining order against him. Honestly, like, I don't care about his yes, personal he, he didn't do anything. He didn't do he anything. Point, if someone points an arrow at, like, someone... I put some points an arrow at me or like the person I'm with, like that's, that's a problem. That's a big problem yeah. for me. Yeah. But what if they're experiencing a high level of grief because their father is going to die that's true. and it's you are marrying an excuse to threaten violence on somebody. Hey, they, people cut you slack. People cut you slack. Trust me. You, you'll, you know, you can get away with a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so do you the, have some weird stories, Chris? Oh no, I, I was just, yeah. But the, there was there was a moment there was a moment I can't remember specifically what it was but that was like very cringy for me was the part when he's like talking to the wife and his her dad I mean his dad and the new husband at the same time outside of the house or something and he's obviously trying to like say something that's not true and since Michael Caine the wife and the new husband all have a really great relationship they're very communicative they all know everything's going on like it's very obvious he's lying to their faces and it's and, and they're all just kind of like oh you sure that's what's going on like you know they're all kind of like being gentle with him and it's just that was like very uh larry david style for me that and the whole tartar sauce scene could have been straight out of kirby enthusiasm especially where he's like oh they were out and then she's like oh they're out i'm gonna call and she like tries to call the actual place the tartar sauce sequence right i think it's like one of the best uh sequences is it, it, I was just like, oh, this man is just like if Homer Simpson was a human being, like a real life human being. Yeah. It reminded me, I don't know if you guys know The Simpsons that well, but 
the like dental plan lisa needs braces part where it's just like margin's head is like dental plan dental lisa plan needs lisa needs braces over and yeah. over again yeah yeah, yeah. and just like it, it's so funny to like watch his like add brain like you know tartar sauce tartar sauce tartar sauce and just completely like go off the rails it's <laughs> so it's super funny uh, I wrote down this quote, which I thought was I I laughed out. Loud. <laughs> I think this happens after the, the the scene that you were talking about, Chris, where he like he like slaps the f- new fiance in the face with his gloves, and then and then his dad like gives him a ride home after he does that because he gets kicked out of his wife's house, and he says, "Here's something: if you want your father to think you're not a silly fuck." Don't slap a guy across the face with a glove, because if you do that, that's what he will think. Unless you're a nobleman or something in the 19th century, which I'm not. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's so funny, and his delivery is so great. You're just like, oh man, just like the thought process of this guy is so specific and so like ridiculous. I, I did want to point out for the uh, the the new fiance, Michael actor is Michael Rispoli, a quadruple mm-hmm. cage flyer. He's in Leaving Las Vegas and Snake Eyes and Kick Ass as well. Maybe nice. other movies, but those are those are the four that we actually have seen. I know him from The Sopranos. Is yes, what I remember him from. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Do uh, uh, you guys you guys uh, any final thoughts on this before I pivot us to a quiz? A little quiz time. I had a thought about there's a scene, uh, the fantasy sequence where he is on the parade float in the middle of the film. And with Ed McMahon, and he's getting drunk in the uh, the hotel room while his kid is sleeping right behind him, like drinking little bottles of booze. I thought that part was kind of that was the only part in the whole movie where I started to be like, oh, that I think that's where it turned around for me, and I, I kind of felt a little sympathy for him as a character because, like, especially the part about changing his name from Spritzel to Spritz. He's like, he can change it back now because now he's on the Nationals. It doesn't matter. He can be he can be himself. And like him, like putting so much weight on getting that job is it's going to turn everything around. Everything's going to be good after he gets that job. I kind of like that. I thought it kind of made him more relatable and uh, kind of like, yeah, I like that scene. I have, a, I have a little, speaking of the last same thing, I have a little uh, behind the scenes fact, which is that Nicolas Cage has interview, interviews said that David, Dave Spritz is a reflection of his real life character, specifically his relationship with his father, the fact that he changed his last name, his divorce. Oh my God. And his quote, public precipitation because the fast food that started him is the negative reviews and criticism. <laughs> so that's him commenting I mean, on the reviews too, because he's saying, oh, they're like junk reviews because it's fast food. Yeah. So he sees himself him in this character. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a very kind of like, I don't know, I find the performance to be really great. Oh, God, every every like negative thought I had, like Kale's doing such a good job of convincing me this is a good movie. <laughs> My score is going to be... Yeah, mine's changing too, honestly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now I'm like... It's okay, you can hold on to the hate. You know what I mean? Oh, but I, I believe... That- I mean, I, yeah. I will say, I, I don't know if I've explicitly said this, this is my least favorite movie that I've ever watched for this show because I... This is the this is the movie that I wanted to bail so bad. Like we watch, we've watched some pretty bad. Like we watched USS and Indianapolis Men of Courage. We watched Jujitsu. We've watched Rage. Like some really bad ones. But this is the one where I was literally just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I don't want to watch this movie anymore. I just had a very visceral reaction to it. <laughs> well, I would I will say that like you did have a strong reaction. Whereas like I think some movies you can kind of just glaze over and be totally. like, all right, well, action is happening and that's fine. And you know what I mean? And you don't really have to pay attention. But this yeah. is like, I think I feel like a very affecting movie. 
And, yeah. you know, that can be in, in a negative way, but you did have a strong reaction. I would say, though, like, give it some time and I would rewatch it, like, way, way down the line. And you might, I think, appreciate it more. I like to rewatch movies often. And so, because I, I feel like, you know, um, you have a different perspective. You are a different person when you watch a movie at a different time. You, you know, watch it uh, much later and stuff like that. And so I always feel like I get something new when I watch a, a film again. And then I would say, you know, I, I would hold on to your initial reaction to it. Oh, um, I will. It's like... not going anywhere. I... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Chris, I, would, I would say, you know, yeah, I will consider rewatching this again in 10 years. How about that? Okay, great. Uh, Chris, you want to hit us with the little trivia sting? Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. So I'm going to paste to you guys in the zoom chat, a list of Nicolas Cage movies just for your reference. Okay. okay. I'll read them out loud here. They are Matchstick Men, The Rock, Raising Arizona, Con Air, Mom and Dad, Face Off, Kick Ass, The Family Man, Color Out of Space, and Rage. Now, you might say, what do these movies have in common? And the answer is that all of them feature Nicolas Cage as a dad. So, Kayla, I, how many, how, about how many of these movies have you seen? Have you seen a lot of them, some of them? I have not seen Mom and Dad, uh, and I have not seen Rage. That's fair. And the, the Family... The Family Man, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen. I just don't remember it very well. Color well, Twist, I just recently rewatched. Well, then you'll probably do pretty well on this quiz. So I'm gonna yeah. do. I'm gonna give. So I'm gonna give you a description of Nicolas Cage as a dad in this movie, and okay. you're gonna guess which of these movies it comes from. Okay. Um, so maybe I didn't even need to give you the list, but I. I just figured you might. You might no, need this it. Is helpful. Reference. All right. Number one, Nicolas Cage kills his rival's son. So his rival kills him and then adopts Nick Cage's son. Face off. Yep. No, yes. Yeah, yes. that is face off. Yeah. <laughs> um, number two, Nicolas Cage trains his daughter to be a killing machine. Kick ass. Yes, correct. Uh, number three, Nicolas Nick Cage saves his unborn child from getting uh, blown up by a nuclear weapon. The Rock. Yes. This is going it's, really well. This is not as hard. It's, isn't it VX gas? Is it really a nuclear weapon? No, I don't remember. No, it's yeah. probably not. <laughs> it's it's definitely right. it's definitely poison gas. It's poison VX gas. VX gas. It melts you. It's green in those green bubbles. Remember? Yeah. That's no, you're correct. The rocket man. It, it wasn't a nuke. That's true. But he did save his unborn child. Yeah. All right. Nick Cage starts a war with the Russian mob because he thinks they killed his daughter, but it turns out that one of her idiot friends killed her in a gun safety accident. Then the Russian mob kills him. Rage. Yep. Dude, I haven't seen that one. Woo! <laughs> it's process of elimination. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're just going to breeze through all these, honestly. I'm going to read them anyway, though, because I think that they're funny. Um, no, this is fun. Nick Cage has a daughter he has never met in person, but he's corresponded with her from prison. Finally, he meets her... On her birthday. Magic Man. Oh, no, no. Oh, whoops. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Got to take back that ding. Nick Cage has a daughter he has never met in person, but oh, he has corresponded. Yes. Sorry. Um, Thank Nick you Cage for giving me a second chance. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage, all right, new movie. Uh, Nick Cage spends the majority of this movie trying to murder his children. Mom and dad. Yep. Uh, Nick Cage doesn't have children, but he's magically shielded an alternate version of his life where he does. After he goes attached to them, he goes back to his old life and they no longer exist. Family man. Yes. Uh, the rest of these are going to be pretty easy. Uh, Nick Cage steals a baby. Raising Arizona. 
Nick Cage meets his long-lost daughter, but it turns out she's just a scammer. Magic man. Nick Cage's son gets fused with his wife due to an alien force. <laughs> Color out of space. Yes. <laughs> I'm never watching that movie. That sounds Dude, so what? disturbing. Have you not seen it? It sounds, oh, it's so disturbing. It sounds so disturbing. We oh, actually, it's, it's, the practical effects are amazing. We had someone scheduled for that movie, and then we got too scared, so we made them watch Snake Eyes instead. <laughs> Wait, did you guys like Snake Eyes? Yes, we. That oh, yeah. was actually one of our most recent movies. Yeah. Do you you guys liked it? Though? I like that movie. It was. Really it was. Like it was there's some fun, stupid stuff in it. It was. A, yeah. I, yeah. I have fond memories of it from being a kid and watching it, just being like, "This movie's so dumb and stupid." I like it. Yeah. Well, I would say that was a. Uh, let's see, a ten out of ten with a with a revised answer. So very yes. good. Well done. With an asterisk. And you win. I should have. Uh, I should have seen if you could produce these from uh, memory, though. That's that. 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 We'll do that yeah. next time. That would have been harder. That would have been harder. When we do color out of space. What'd oh, you say? When I we said do. when we do the. When, when we do. Color do space when episode. we bring you in to do color out of space. Oh god. Yeah. I think that's that's when we're down to like, uh, the hundred and nine movies. That's that we the need. Sca- <laughs> That's the one I'm the wor- most worried to watch. Can I tell you something though? Can I tell you something? It's it's really not a very scary movie. Okay. I promise. I promise you. Is it you. disturbing though? It just no. It's just like it's Gross, like psychic, violent. It's like I would say Mandy is a scarier movie. Okay. Is it, it just has like weird. It just has weird gooey effects, but it's not like like Mandy's way more violent and, and actually like way scarier. Okay. Huh. We loved Mandy. Yeah, so we that... made it through Mandy just. No, fine. I mean Mandy's a Mandy's an all time classic. Yeah. It's just trippy. Like Color Space is just trippy, and it has like you know kind of like. The fun of watching a movie like Color of Space is that has like practical effects. So like the mom does become fused with the sun and becomes like a weird gooey monster. But you're kind of like, it's a kind of thing where you're like, whoa, that's so weird looking. Oh God. Oh God. But it's Let's not move- scary. I promise. Uh, I promise. Let's move on. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, I don't even want to imagine what that uh, looks like. My imagination is probably way worse <laughs> than the actual movie was. Oh. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's rank this movie. Uh, now, oh, that, shit. now that we've uh, heard a lot of uh, selling points for why it's actually <laughs> Here we go again. All right. The weatherman. Um, Is this out of 10? Yeah, so we'll, I'll talk you through this. Um, so okay. uh, basically, we'll go through each category. You'll rank it out of 10. We'll rank it out of 10. Uh, and we'll explain specifically what these are because the we've 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 painted ourselves into a corner with these categories but now that we've done so many of these episodes we have to keep sticking with it so first up is the cast like how how excited were you by the various actors in this movie were you just like oh it's that guy oh i love that guy am i going first yeah sure if you want okay we can go first. i would say i would say this is a a nine okay Uh, all right nine uh i'm gonna give it a seven uh seven Cause Michael Caine, you know, you got Michael Caine. Actually, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a six. Gotta be. I gotta be true to myself. Michael Do Caine it. was. Michael Caine was my favorite. Yeah, I, I I like six too. I mean, I think I. Uh, actually, I'm gonna take it down a little. No. Mm, Whoa. Five. Give it a five. Wow. Give it a five. Yeah, just I mean, there were a couple people I did, you know, I like Nicholas Holt, little young young Nicholas Holt as the son. 
Michael Rispoli Beast. and uh, Michael Caine. I think yes. like you got to keep in mind our scores are kind of colored by the fact that we're comparing these to every other Nick Cage movie we saw, and like yes. some of his movies are like you got like this guy, this guy, this guy, and it's like these crazy star-studded casts. So we're kind of like, well, well I mean, you, it's hard to compare it to Con Air, obviously. Yeah, it's like it's For not sure. a direct comparison, <laughs> but like that's, that's why we fair. end up a little. But it's good. That's why we have the guests in here to kind of mix it up. To shake it no, up. totally. Uh, all, right. all right. So this next one is acting. And you might think it includes Nicolas Cage's acting. It doesn't. Don't ask us why. Don't We've ask just why. done it this way. We're, we're fools. So everybody I mean, else think, is acting. Yeah. Nicolas Cage's acting is, uh, he's at a solid 11 in this. I would say that some of the English or the um, English people who are playing Americans, their accents are questionable. Even the great Michael Caine. Yeah. So I'm going to give it an eight. Who, who else was? Person. Who else was a secret? My, the, the 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 Beast Man. Nicholas Holt. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. His was also his, his his was very bad. Yeah. His didn't have many lines, luckily. But the performances were good. I'm going to say. Yeah, I also thought the performances were good. I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, I'm also going to give it a seven. I didn't think that. I mean, it was mostly just like people react to him and the kids were like okay um but i thought the adults were pretty solid for sure um fun this is this is basically just like how much fun is this movie to watch and this is a tricky one because you know it's it's very subjective like i would for example i would give zero yeah well i so i would give i would give like leaving las vegas a zero i thought that was the most one of the you know more painful movies to watch and it's not fun then we give face off a 10 but your score may change depending on your own internal decision about this. Yeah, I mean, not all movies I think are meant to be fun. That's true. Um, yeah, I think that last when, episode someone said you could look at this as enjoyment factor too. Like, it might be a nice way of looking at it because yeah, not all movies are meant to be fun. Like, but Pig it, was not a fun movie. But if you, but did you already have you already judged things based on fun, or are you saying it's enjoyment? Because if you already judged things based on fun and gave Leaving Las Vegas a zero, then we should stick to that. Yeah. I mean, I would say that it would be the same either way. I didn't enjoy Leaving Las Vegas, so. You didn't enjoy that movie? No, I hated it. I've I really, kind of been... <laughs> I, I, apparently, I just don't like watching unpleasant things, I think is what this comes down Fair. to. I'm not very Fair. sophisticated kind of, movie goer. For me, I take this score as kind of like, would I be motivated to watch this again because I had such a good time watching it? That's yeah. how I kind of. Look. I mean, that's how I've been scoring. For me, I've watched this movie multiple times and have uh, made other people watch it and have sat with them, and you know, to mixed results, <laughs> to be honest. But I would give it a ten. I I think this movie is super fun. If you on the cringe scale, an eleven. <laughs> we'll have to add but a cringe category. Uh, I yeah. am going to give this movie a six. Ah, there are some fun moments though. I mean. I'm going to give it a seven for fun because there are some fun, like, kind of, like, if I look back at these moments, like, there are some really funny bits to this film, especially the the tartar sauce part, the part where um, Michael Caine's just swearing all the time. I really like that. So there, there are some funny moments in this movie. I mean, I think my, my viewpoint has changed looking back on this now, but I mean, based on how much fun I had watching it, how enjoy, how much I enjoyed watching it, and I... <laughs> contemporaneous text message evidence i have to give this a zero i'm sorry wow i know it's, I know it's not fair but i just wow. that's how i felt when i was watching I, I really regret not doing this right after you watched i know it I, I want to feel the white hot rage that you there would have been there would have been more white hot rage and i think i think uh, the white hot rage was so strong that it prevented us from doing the responsible thing and re-watching it a month later. wow yeah, I'm just, I, think, I just I just got a... was benefiting from you not having just watched it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do. I do think, yeah, the, the episodes of the lot of white hot rage have been fun. Like the, uh, when we watched uh, USS Indianapolis, we had two oh. guests and one of them picked the movie and the other one was just like, all right, I'll do whatever, you know, Anthony wants to do. And just like his seething rage during the episode of just like, I is that a bad believe- movie? I don't even know anything about oh, that. It's, it's so, so bad. bad. It's, it, so it's our, bad. it's our lowest ranked movie. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But like wow. by a lot, by a lot. Have you guys done Drive Angry 3D yet? No, I really no. want to see that movie. We're excited about Drive Angry. That hasn't been scheduled yet. So uh, friends of ours hit us up. We'll put you on the schedule to watch Drive Angry. <laughs> Probably not in 3D. Is there any way to watch? Is it, so is it a 3D movie? I think it, I don't know. I th- I, I just refer to it as Drive Angry 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was a 3D movie. We should see what we can do about that, Chris. All right. Next up is uh, technical. This is sort of like uh, sets, costuming, editing, soundtrack, uh, just like how well made is this movie, which uh, is not a guarantee for Nicolas Cage movies that this will be a competently made movie. I mean, I would give this a 10. I mean, I, I think Gore Verbinski is like a, a great commercial director and he puts like a, an, a, like a crazy commercial sheen on this movie. The budget for this movie is probably, I don't know what the budget was, but it's probably like- million. Really? That's mm-hmm. not that. That's not that high for a Nicolas Cage movie, but it's probably ten million dollars more than they needed. Yeah. <laughs> it was all. A, it was the snow effects. That's that's the that's what most. It of was the, the pancake ice. Yeah. They, yeah. they had that flown in. It was they had that uh, flown in. Apparently, it was warm when they filmed it, and they wanted it to be snowy, so they just put a lot of fake exactly. snow. Out. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I would say I would say ten. I think it's like you know, technically a, a very kind of like. Uh, well done film. It doesn't require a lot, but I think that you know it's it's like seamless and commercial. I think Meg, what you just told me has elevated my score because I didn't know Which... that about the snow effects. I did not know that was all fake oh, snow. God. I, thought, I thought, oh, they're filming in Chicago. It's real snow, and none of it was real. Uh, oh, I thought you were joking. No, I'm serious. Oh shit. So I'm gonna give it an eight. Ah, nice. I mean, there just weren't many practical effects. There weren't many big things they I'm, did. But I listen, the food being thrown at him in slow motion. Come on, that's at least worth one. Point. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, it was uh, all seven. thrown by the director, by the way. Oh, nice. That's amazing. I'm doing. I seven. love the part where it. Speaking of great mo- moments, I love the part and his character arc where he chases the guy down and smashes the hot yeah. apple pie back in the guy's face. Because the look on the guy's face when he smashes it, the pie back in his face is so good. He's so confused. Like that it's was so the great. turning point when he. Oh, but oh. also, like, why was that guy so confused? Like, what do you think was gonna happen? You just threw food. Well, because usually, or... if you're if you're driving, you just throw something out the window. You don't think that person there's gonna be any sort of like you know retaliation. Because you have the upper hand. And so it's so great that Nicolas Cage runs him down and smashes it back in his face. And the guy was like, what's your problem, man? It's like, what do you mean what's your problem? It's like, you just threw a food, you threw an apple pie at his head. Of course. He's great. I like how he's like. like, I guess reaction, I would bump the acting up to a nine, to be honest. (laughs) I like how he was like, the first time it happened, I was standing next to a trash can. So I couldn't tell. It was a mistake. (laughs) It was a piece of Kenny Rogers chicken. All right, so I'm gonna give this a a seven as well. I think there's nothing Ooh, I can't really com- I can't really complain. I can't yeah. complain about uh, anything technical. I, I guess looking back at my notes, I wrote 
I wrote uh soundtrack is pretty good. So I guess that's a good. Um, there you go. I, I feel like a lot of the movies of this era, the soundtracks are like super on the nose. Mm. And uh, this was not the case. And then also, oh, it's Hans, it Hans Zimmer is the soundtrack. So I think, oh, I think it was actually like the score was, I, I like the score. And then I was like, I wonder who Yeah, the, the, the score is great. It's Hans Zimmer, obviously. Hans Zimmer is the man. Um, this movie was made when? 2005. Yeah. The, the, the score reminded me, it's, it's like they went to Hans Zimmer and they're like, can you do the score for Punch Drunk Love? Oh, yeah. Those are lots so of it, drums. Lots of like... It's like yeah, it's like weird, like, yeah, syncopated, kind of like funny percussive stuff. It feels like they asked Hans Zimmer to do the Punch Drunk Love soundtrack. And he I think yeah. he does a really good uh, version of it. Or like uh, Birdman had a similar score. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, it's a really percussive. Uh, all right. Push Overall. up to an eight. I like the score. Yes. And like, I didn't have any issues technically with the movie. I thought it was a well made movie. Overall, out of 10, how much do you like this movie, Kayla? I'm giving it a 10 for sure. Wow. I love this movie. <laughs> It's one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies. I And I also think it's like a highly overlooked film, which makes me treasure it even more. I'm going to give it a solid seven. Wow, Chris. I betrayed you. It's, no, I mean, I, I just got to <laughs> I just got to hold down the fort over here. Well, now I'm thinking about the time I dressed like Gambit and it's bringing back all kinds of memories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of if I watch this movie dressed, I'm going to try and watch it dressed as Gambit. It's maybe one of the only scenarios I haven't done watching this film. <laughs> uh i Be, go with your give, go with your gut go with your gut meg i'm gonna give it a three okay. you know it's it's I, I like i hated watching it i was have a lot of complaints about it but it is a well-made movie there are some funny parts it's not like i, I think it's unfair to compare it to something like uss indianapolis where it's yeah. just like a total do you think let me ask you this what do you yeah. well where would you rank cage's performance if you had to just do just Nicholas Cage's performance. So, so we're actually going to do a separate thing for this. Oh, okay. Where we will rank his acting. Um, that's our, that's our, that's our next, uh, our next. But that game. doesn't, that doesn't affect your overall score. I don't know why we set things up this way. <laughs> no, but we can later but on. Should it not? We can, we, we can later on do a new we ranking. We can later on later, later on. We just, we're just like, well, we want all them to. We, we started this way, and now we want everything to be equal. Got it. We Got will, it. we will layer that in at some point. Um. All right. So next, last, last bit is we do a little uh, plus or minus a single bonus point. Each of us gets one to use as we please for any detail or you know fact about the movie that we want to reward or punish. I uh, have so whoever one. Thinks of one first. I have one. This movie did something I hate in movies. I'm gonna take a point away for it. Was he was looking at a document in Word and there was the option to save or delete entire document. It was like a button. And he's like, delete entire document. Like, it's like, that's not real. That's not how things work. <laughs> it says delete entire document. It's like, that's not how it works. <laughs> I hate that. And he just deletes his whole book. I, I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie before. That's amazing. There's so many, so many times in a movie, someone's looking at a screen and it's like save or delete are the, on the same context window. And like, they're deciding are they going to hit you save? You never have that on the same, same screen. It's not real. The mistake, the mistake would the mistake would be catastrophic if you click the wrong one. There, there's no way from a user interface level. I think it's like it's like someone who doesn't know anything yeah. about computers writes these scenes yeah. and they're like, we need to capture this moment where they're deciding. <laughs> Uh, all right amazing. i'm gonna I, I hate to add a point to this because i know it's yes. gonna like do better but i'm gonna add a point for the number of times that they say spritz snipper in this movie because that is an objectively funny 
phrase spread snipper <laughs> all right Kyola, what are yeah. you gonna add a point for i'm adding the one point uh for the pancake guys for something i learned about today it's something <laughs> I, i've always cherished this movement but i you know now that i know that about the ice and that's a chicago thing i don't know really i've never been to chicago it's one of the great cities i've never been to and it's a good one i don't know it just I, has elevated the film for me I there's one I'm not gonna take another point off, but I I had another one that I really want to take a point off for the pedophile guy who was like always like fuck he just kept saying that all the time and it's like every time he said that I was like oh do you remember that he was trying to be cool so he'd yeah. like throw a swear in oh yeah oh yeah, was, yeah yeah when yeah, he was, was like photographing the it's like, yeah you want to you want to borrow my phone my camera fuck that's awesome I don't know anyway I just really hated that moment. All right. Yeah. Take us away, Chris. Where are we landing? Results? We're at 105 points. Oh, we got a tie. We got a tie. Oh, shit. We got a tie. This All is right. happening more and more. Let's go back. So, plus or minus 0.5 points. Whoever thinks of one first, we're going to. Plus or minus 0.5 points? Yep. We get, we, one of us gets to add or take away 0.5 points so we can try to break the tie. Plus 0.5 for the for the, the reaction of the guy with the pie in the face, for sure. Fair. All right. 105.5. That takes us to. Oh, the weatherman. Right behind lord of war right above snake eyes as number 13 you know what i think it belongs there i don't know if valley girl right. belongs as low as it does but valley girl's Why is national low. treasure so low that's so insane it was one of the first movies we did national treasure? oh i we, think uh, our, our national treasure episode is like two and a half hours of us like shitting on this movie i <laughs> think so it's you guys don't like national treasure. I, 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 we were not in a good headspace. I think it was just, just it wasn't, it wasn't working for us. Beginning of the pandemic, you're like, what is this? It was, shit? it was early on. I think national treasure probably deserves a redo. We didn't know, how much, worse, it, we didn't yeah. know how much worse it was going to get. Honestly, we might have to do round two of national treasure just to kind of like give yeah, it a fair yeah, shake. You, yeah, like, you, there's no reason yeah. eight millimeters should be higher than national treasure. I, Valley oh, Girl dude. got robbed too. Why is Valley Girl all the way down to 15? I guess I the, you gave you wait, 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 wait. Did you give national treasure a zero for fun? Because no. leaving Las Vegas is higher than national treasure. So, yeah, well, leaving Las Vegas got a lot of points for acting. And in national treasure, oh, yeah. at national treasure, if you remember, uh, Nick Cage is kind of a real like shitty like character in that movie and it doesn't seem like yeah. he's having a lot of fun in that movie either he's just kind of like and and, he, and there's the scenes that they have in there with the 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 female lead too are just like so uncomfortable so i think we i think we just we just found yeah. all the cracks and really picked it apart we, just, you know. we, we, we gave it an average of five overall each of wow. us uh but the acting scores were really low because the acting in that movie is quite bad i don't know if you yeah. remember this about but, that movie but it's very bad but the fun scores Dude, I think but, that's were part high. Of the, but that's that's part of what's so great about it because it's like a disney movie and he's just like I'm but you know we got we got to rate the acting objectively, and it's, it's I not think good. to think that but you don't you don't take context into because it because like that's kind of where the fun that, balances that out. You know, if it's Vampire's like, Kiss, the acting in Vampire's Kiss, that movie is so bizarre. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> the acting in that movie is so crazy. You can't say it's like good. It's like crazy. I I well, think that. We this can't. is not, I mean not I, I I really enjoy your list though. I this, think I'm I'm we, I really we, like we had top we've five. had to uh the system know. is flawed. Let's just all admit it. <laughs> yeah, the system is flawed. We've done some manipulation uh along the way. When when kick ass beat face off, we were so upset we added an extra few points to face off. Yeah. We just you know, it's just we're gonna have to do a version of this list that's um uh, I think you just, just need to us. do a, this. Need, you just need to do a second season where you rewatch every single film and re reevaluate. No, 
All right. And that will just be season two. On that note, it's time to go to the cage gauge, the two axis plot of Cage's craziness versus his acting ability in the film. So it's also out of 10. And when I say craziness, I mean his, you know, patented Nick Cage brand, uh, you know, taking liberties with the lines, improvising, getting a little kooky. You know, he, he obviously throws those that English on everything. What do you think this movie ranks in that department? Hmm. And now this is this is in comparison to other ones. So think of like and this score does not. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, think of like uh, I'm I'm looking at a like uh like Vampire's what's it, what's... Kiss is the craziest one, right? If you think about like how how crazy it's one of the craziest. Yeah. So like, but this is not an indicator of the quality of the film. This is just oh, it kind of out of ten. Would you say he was very crazy or not? It just kind of it's more of a maybe show show him what the cage cage yeah, looks like. The cage so you cage, you can see the other movies on it. It just see, we're, we're there's these four quadrants. <laughs> and, oh, okay, I see, I see. And I mean, I think that he's not very crazy in this movie. Like I said, I think it's a very understated performance. For sure, I do think the acting is very good. I would say he's probably on the on his. On the cage personal scale, I think he's probably at a three or two. Mm. Two or three? What are you thinking? Mm, uh, I, I think maybe a two. Two? He, he has moments, but he does, never gets real crazy. I tend to agree with you. This is this is a pretty pretty low on the crazy scale. I, I also say two. I'm gonna give it a little higher. He does have a couple freakouts. He does, uh, you know, obviously like do some weird stuff where he's threatening his ex-wife's new fiance and when he somebody oh, asked for his true. autograph. Um, so like, it's not like, um, like say national treasure, like the first national treasure where he's just playing like, like a Tom Hanks character, or gone right? in 60 seconds, real flat. Right. So I'm going to give him actually a six. Cause I think that this Whoa. is sort of, Whoa! A- no, you I, I think compare it's- to his entire, I'm thinking five is, five is, well, all right. I'm looking at some other ones we've done. Uh, let me take it down to Portal four, Call New four, Orleans. four. Yeah. I, I, I take that back. It is. I think two point. I think that's right where it needs to be is two point five. All right, acting ability. I'll just put the ten for you, Kayla. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you. Yes, I think I, yeah, ten. For ten, sure. ten. All right. I will say that maybe you should make it a six. The part where he's eating the carrot when she's telling him to get the tartar sauce, I, I almost like, is he, is he dipping a carrot in mustard? It's so crazy to me. Like, why, why is he eating that? I think you should go with your original gut and say six. It is pretty crazy. Hey, if you want to add two more points to this, add it on your end, buddy. <laughs> no, no, okay, fine. fine, fine. <laughs> uh, any comment on your 10 for acting? I mean, I think, you know, Nate was one of his uh, fine performances. I think his performance is great. It's like really understated. You know, it's like he has to be a, you know, a kind of like, he's basically just a complete airhead in this movie who just makes all the wrong decisions and is confused about why. And it, I think it's a hard thing to pull off. I'm going to give him a seven. If I had to compare it to his whole catalog, I would say I wasn't moved, but the, you know, it's definitely a lot better acting than some of the other movies we've seen. So he's, he's definitely in the top, top five, top, you know, half. I'm going to give it a six for similar reasons. I'm not, I think I didn't find it like a particularly affecting performance, but it wasn't like an embarrassingly bad one. So. All right. Let's see where that lands. But but can I influence you? I just want to bring back up the carrot. He's eating, he's dipping it. And I think a jar of mustard. It's very weird. I don't know. I think, I think we nailed it. I can't verify that it's mustard. I don't know what it is to be honest. I think we nailed it, that this is definitely a good acting, less crazy role. And and that's the quadrant. That's the quadrant it belongs in. That's yeah. I think, and that's really all you can take from this. I think you can kind of judge how close it is to the center a little bit, but really that's kind of all the, the most definitive thing you could take is yeah. 
It's definitely in that top left quadrant. Good acting, less crazy. Right on top of Lord of War. Right on top of Lord of War. Right next to it in the the ratings, oddly enough, uh, mm. which is interesting. Uh, what else I, is in that quadrant? We got adaptation. We got Pig. We got Raising Arizona. We got what's the one uh, behind Lord of War there? Uh, that is uh, uh, Raising Arizona. Oh, Raising, Raising Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then the rest are kind of too close to the center to really call. Uh, the one quadrant we don't see any extremes in is Pig is his best acting. It's really. Have you seen it? You've yeah, seen yeah. It, right? I think it's, it's very really well great. acted. It's it's really great. It's well, pr- I don't even know why. I, I don't even know why I sounded surprised. <laughs> I don't think I don't know if it's like, his I mean, best. It's, it's amazing. I don't know if it's his best acting, but we all agreed that. You know what I mean? Like maybe the performance is amazing. Yeah, yeah, all it was unanimously we all liked it. But that you know who knows what it, objectively if it was or not. It does just we were we were I, all. Feeling, I think adaptation is my favorite hit yeah. role of his acting wise. I mean, the flex of playing it's two very distinct characters, it's like, come on. They're, and they're so great, too. What yeah. you, you don't oh. see, though, and I'm noticing this more and more, is a lot of extremes in the bad acting, more cra- crazy quadrant. Because I think when he's more crazy, it kind of goes hand in hand that he's going to have some good acting, too, in that in that movie. Like, it's he's going to do he's be, he's doing some crazy stuff. So it's like, I don't know. That's yeah. my theory. Who knows? Yeah. But we've done it again. Another cage gauge down another we'll, we'll post it on our instagram for for our our, our devoted listeners to at see. managers comedy on instagram uh, yeah nice. well all right we've done the ranking we've done the cage gauge we've done some trivia guys any final thoughts on this movie before we uh say good night well I, I hope that uh people listen to this and and decide to check out check out the movie <laughs> i knew going in that uh, it was not going to be popular with you guys. And so I tried to uh, make my case for the film. And I, I think that people will enjoy it. If cringe is your thing, you're, I think you're going to have a have a good time. Fair. Yeah, I think you've kind of turned me around a little bit on this movie. And if you look at it like it's a Larry David kind of thing, it's, it's yeah, it's really great. A lot of oh. really great moments. Um, Ten years from today, Meg will rewatch this movie. <laughs> August seventeenth, twenty thirty-one. These are my plans. I'll put it in my, the, my calendar. Put it in your put future in the calendar. Then when you have yeah. calendars, then it's just gonna be a chip. Yeah, I'm like, should I put it in my like work calendar? Am I gonna even see that? Then who knows? Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Kayla, what's going on with you? Any anything you want to promote going on? Well, promote. No, I mean, I guess this. Po- I was just on this, this podcast. I think is is the only thing I have going on right now. You mean this podcast? Yeah, the podcast that we're. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can promote it, People but I think at this things? point that the know. person's I, already I, listened I, to the I'm episode. So. I think if you want to attend the house meeting that I'm going to have with Brendan, um, <laughs> check Twitter. And uh, and uh, uh, you know I'll I'll post the times so that people can 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 drop by. Why well, any 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 highlights for what what's going to be discussed? No, I mean I think just general general house things. I think Brendan has uh, some weird ideas about my film and and uh, <laughs> how cringy it is. I don't even think he was reacting to my reaction. And he automatically thinks it's the film that I made. Uh oh. Trouble in paradise. What did you do, Meg? What does it mean? What did you do? (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. I unbelievable. I don't know if we can plug our thing anymore, but that by the time this comes out, it'll already have been it'll already have played at the theater. However, go to LA48hourfilmproject.com 
to see the screening dates for the best of LA or the audience awards screening. And you might be able to mm. see our movie. Hopefully we'll if it makes Who it knows? in, we'll we can't, see. We can't take it. no guarantees in this world. Um, but, uh, I've never yeah. done that. It sounds so fun. It was it's really fun. fun. It was really fun. Yeah. It's always a good time. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we, uh, we are going to be on hiatus for a little bit. Um, we will pick up episodes again at the end of September. Uh, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll drop a little something, something in the middle there. From Boston, because we'll... we're heading over to the East Coast. So we might just like pull some people in and, and actually just throw together a quick podcast there. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Nice. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, Kayla, thank you so much. Thanks uh, a lot. Was, uh, for, for being a guest. Thank you for your um, passionate defense of this random Nicolas Cage movie <laughs> that... <laughs> I'm sorry it's, that it's I... a forgotten gem. It's not <laughs> random. It's a forgotten gem. And thank you guys so much for having me. This is yes, of, of course. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah let's, uh, let's. We'll see you guys in September. See you later. Bye. Bye, guys. This has been another episode of Unlocking the Cage. Thank you very much for listening. A very special thanks to Will Janetta for doing all of our music and sound cues. Once again, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter and pretty much everywhere else at Managers Comedy. Or if you have any comments about the show, email us at managerscomedy at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.